Uh, because I think it unlocked something in me, a connection. It unlocked something where something genuine was happening, where I dropped whatever kind of guard or fear, anxiety, tension, crap that I've been holding onto around my voice. Maybe my vocal problems were all completely emotional. Maybe they were half physical, half emotional. Who friggin' knows? But I do know that once that source came in and I found that place in myself again, I was able to open it, slowly open it back up. Okay, hi everybody, and welcome to the Undo Anxiety Podcast. I'm Dr. John Duffy. As always, I'm your host here, and um, I always appreciate you protecting some time for myself and my guests. Um, I have the most interesting person with me here today, uh, Colette Hawley. Welcome. Well, thank you, John. Colette and I went to high school together. I remember her vividly. Colette doesn't remember me I, from a yearbook picture. No, I do not remember you, John. But again, you were two years younger than me. And you still are, I believe. That's true I think to that this holds. Day. Yes, there's some mathematics. And also principle. that we went to Maine South. Let's not, you know, and there was a large high school, like 800 people per class. Right. And as a, as a girl, you really didn't look at the younger guys. No offense. Well, okay. I didn't traditionally. Well, I wish I had known that when I was a sophomore, right. you know? It would have been really helpful. <laughs> would have saved me a lot of time. <laughs> but now, that's a different story, but we can get to that topic later. All now, right. the younger fellows, you're way too old for me. Okay, All right. moving on. <laughs> I'm All right, I get it. All right, so the reason I reached out to you is I noticed on Facebook that you do something that I've never known anybody to do with their time. Do you mind just explaining to our audience a little bit of what it is that you're about these oh, days? Oh, I am more than happy to do that. Uh, my current passion, absolute 100%, is singing for people with Alzheimer's. And when I say singing for, it really is um, singing to and with and for. So being with them in a room and connecting with, um, with music is something. And I perform. I've been a singer most of my adult life. Right. And I've sung thousands of places, all kinds of venues, all kinds of audiences. Never, ever have I seen what happens with this connection, right, when I see into the Alzheimer's person's eyes and with that lighting up that happens. But it, it's incredible. It's sort of like, in some ways, I feel empowered and sort of it, it taps into ego, like I'm a magician and I'm doing an awakening of sorts. But in truth, it's, it's both the people with Alzheimer's and myself connecting on this other level, which is absolutely fantastic. And the, and the conduit is the music. That's what brings us together. But then we just kind of take off. So, okay, so um, there are... a thousand questions I have. The first one is, when most of us think about an audience of people with Alzheimer's, we think, oh, man, that's that's just depressing. You know, sure. like, and, you know, and, and these people are on the decline. And, you know, why would you want to do that? You're a singer. Don't you want an audience that's going to be really, like, hyped up and receptive? You know, how did you pick this? How did this? Sure. Well, the, you know, as most interesting things in life or later in my life, uh, did I pick it or did it pick me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, right. uh, so what happened was I was here in Chicago. I don't know if you I don't know if you followed my career, young man. I know I was older than you. No, but I was here in Chicago. Um, I became professional in theater. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. All I had was a singing voice. Uh, I was an English literature major in college. I graduated. I saw the jobs available. I was like, oh no. So <laughs> I was like, you know, I was like sort of like uh, you know. Uh, George Costanza on Seinfeld. I'm like, well, I always like singing. Like, I like baseball. So <laughs> right. I, uh, 
I just started auditioning. I got a job at a restaurant, lived on Halstead, and just started auditioning for community theater, blah, blah, blah. One thing led to another, but all because of my voice. I didn't know how to act. I didn't know how to dance. As a matter of fact, I kind of stunk at both of those. Uh-huh. But my singing voice was kind of a given thing that I could do. One thing led to another. I did shows in Chicago, started winning awards, became professional, moved to New York, uh, on it went, but all based on my voice, right? All of it based on my voice. It was really special to me. So you're, you're, you're a singer. Singer, but I did lots of musical theater. Got it. Right? That was sort of the thing. But I, like I said, I didn't know what I was doing, but the way I got recognized and turned professional was through musical theater, yep, yep, which yep. was hilarious because I love music and I love theater, but I don't love musical theater. But anyways, that's the way it goes. A lot of time, it's not so good. Right. So you go with what you can. Yeah. So uh, I'm like, well, I can do this. Right. Got it. Right. So, but in New York, I don't know what year it was, but suddenly, for no apparent reason, little by little, um, I began to lose my singing voice. Bit by bit by bit, until it completely was not, it could not function in the way that it had functioned without any effort my entire life. Right? Really? Why, why would, any idea why that happened? Well, that's interesting. So I went on this kind of a, and that's the way I made my living. And I'm living in New York City, and that's also my identity, and that's also everything. So I went down a giant pie hole. Right. Pursued it because I had good insurance. I was in the union and pursued it for like two years. Went through having surgery on my stomach, not my vocal cords for for reflux, for all this blah blah. End up with the Mayo Clinic, where I'm by myself. I think I'm 37 at the time. Now trying this is last ditch effort to get some diagnosis and help. And so I went there. Um, I had taken a bus up, I think, from Chicago. Uh, and so I go there, and five different doctors, they contradict each other, antithetical to what Mayo says they're going to do, and they're going to have this team answer. And so I went in the bathroom, and I was just crying out of frustration in my bathroom stall, just Nightmare. crying. Yeah, and this lady came in right after me, and I can hear she's crying. She goes in her stall. You know, Mayo Clinic, a lot of, a lot of bad shit's going down. Yeah, no kidding. And Not so, much good news flowing Right. Out. And so, but I knew that eventually we were both going to emerge, you know, from the stalls and she was going to turn to me you know crying and say oh my god what's wrong with you and my only answer was going to be i can't sing yeah and i probably knew hers would be a little bit different than that and so it was just like okay that's it let me get perspective i'm gonna do something else and so went back to new york and i started doing comedy i actually did pretty well yeah um ended up doing something on me central executive producing some stuff five years at the montreal comedy festival blah 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 but well, that's not blah, blah, blah. Hold that, on, that's man. Blah, that's blah, blah, pretty blah. impressive shit, right? I mean, come but on. I appreciate that. But here was the thing is that it was never the same as singing mm. because uh, comedy is my head and singing is my heart. And so, and this is where I was getting to connection. I'm going to get teary-eyed right now uh, because without my singing, I didn't have that connection to myself. Yeah. To myself. And so I really got lost. Uh, and I really got kind of depressed, and I really started making some decisions that I wouldn't usually make when I was connected to myself, like one of them being getting married. It wasn't a good, good idea. It wasn't a good call. No, at the time. something okay. I never wanted to do, and then suddenly <laughs> I didn't sing. I was making bad decisions. 9-11 happened. There were a lot of things. No. But and yeah. was, that, was that marriage like a search for a connection? Like sure, you that 100%. You okay. know what I mean? 100%. Um, and he was also, you know, worked in the world of comedy. He was mm-hmm. a producer and was trying to really feel the same way about doing the comedy and all this stuff that I did about the singing, but it was never... It wasn't happening. Right. And and so on it went, and I, I just kind of, like I said, I, I ended up leaving New York and divorcing him. Nice enough guy, whatever, just didn't... I always say to people, you know, it was only five years, no kids, whatever. For me... I always say getting married felt like when you eat a piece of bad salmon. 
mm, just didn't sit right. It wasn't, it wasn't drastic. But I was like, maybe a long nauseated. Prove it's not for everybody. Not for everybody. Not for everybody. I won't be having the salmon again. That's what I tell the Alzheimer's people. I, this is the way exactly, by the way, I talk to the Alzheimer's people. Is it really? No difference. This is one of my big things. No pandering. I don't infantilize them. I don't. They're still present. You know, so being like, oh, my God, you're so cute, or whatever that is. You can imagine how old you are now. Put another 40 years on it mm-hmm. and live this whole life, embrace this whole thing, fought this fight, and then somebody's going to come up to you at the end and go, oh, my God, John, you're, look how cute you are. We are. We, we patronize. Yeah. We baby talk yeah. and it's the people who we could learn terrifying. everything And it's from. not even learn or not learn, but just imagine what it is like to get through however many years of life. Yeah. And then to be treated like a baby. So anyways. Right, I, right. I, no, it's a really good point. It really, it maddens me, and I see it all the time. All the time. Okay. I see staff and, and family, you know, so when I, when I speak with them, like I said, when I engage with them, I will tell them that story I just told you. I was married, but I got divorced. They'll be like, oh, you know, <laughs> but I'll say bad salmon. Oh, you know, they get it. Right, right, right. It's, and it's, they really get it? They, so look, that, I'm I not saying every single one of them gets it, right? right? Some are more attuned than others. But, yeah, they're present. They want something. You know, they're hungry for something that is treating them as as the adults that they are. I'm picturing an Alzheimer's unit. So I did some work. I was an auditor one time years right, and years right. ago and uh, did some work for the Alzheimer's Association, went to some benefits, went to visit some units, and I'm picturing the silence of those units. And maybe it's yeah, a patronizing sure. silence. No, no, no. And, you, and you are not a silent person. Correct. I already know this, right? Um, Correct. And it, are you a jarring presence, and are you Can a be? deliberately jarring presence? Well, I always have to ease into it with them. I have to always, always, and different different memory care places are different, right? And, but I all, no, no way will I come out just like, you know, busting balls right away. Right, right, I will ease in. I will get a sense of what's going on in the room. I will get a sense of what they are like with this specific population is like, how many are awake, how many are seated, standing, whatever it is, you know. And then as I can feel their vibe, then I start to make adjustments. Got I it. start to make adjustments. For, and that, if they for this are, crowd right here. Absolutely. Or for that day or for that moment. Yeah, yeah. But wait, I have to finish. But the point about the, the losing the voice, came back to Chicago, got divorced, lost, really adrift, I knew I wanted to work with seniors. I tried to work for one of those home health care places like senior helpers right. and be a salesperson and sell caregivers or whatever the hell they did. I was like, oh, hell no. How did you know you wanted to work with seniors at all? Because I think even as a kid, I had two grandmothers that were super cool, right? Um, nothing about them was per se like old. You know, they always remained individual, unique um, human beings, but I, I, I all love that, noticed, don't you? Yeah, they were incredible. And, but I noticed right away, I don't know how or somebody pointed out to me that our culture, the way even at that time we treated the aging population, was very different from like an Eastern culture where the old people are revered and respected right. regardless of what condition they're in. All right? And it's only gotten worse in our culture. So I always had that in the back of my mind. And then I also knew that the population was growing and growing and growing because of the baby boomers. I knew that this was being something we had to face. And then life was getting longer. All these things, I'm like, I'm going to be a part of this somehow. I have something to offer. And I have something that I think is really important to this culture to not be so youth obsessed. Yeah. Right? And this is not me being crabby old lady of 55. This is me saying this has always been a part of our culture that's that's maddened me and we disregard and really push the old people and their problems away 
And I've noticed you you uh, online have referenced your age more than once. Like, sure. and, and there's no, and I think a lot of us who are in our 50s, right. you know, I'm probably more women than men sure. are reluctant to say I'm 55. Right. You know, right. Um, there's a you're making a point there, right? 100. percent Yeah. Hundred percent. What are we saying? We're right. Say, we're, yeah. we're taking some taboo away, right? Right. Like, taking the taboo away and going this if this is this is one example of what a 55 year old woman I am or this couldn't look like, or what your life can be like. There isn't, in 55, when people say 55 in your mind, of a woman particularly, yeah. a certain picture comes up. Yep. Right? Yep. And so I'm saying, I'm, in, I'm out there in your face go, this is one picture. There's another picture, there's another one. But it, it is as you determine it to be. And having shame over what that is, you know, is the beginning of a lot of problems for you with my relationship with myself, right? Yeah. I know people say you should never say that. You shouldn't tell people. I'm like, this is not the, this is, when I started going down that path of covering things up and being a different person, that's where I end up in the bad salmon marriage. Do you Got know it. what I mean? Oh, yeah, I yeah. need to stay on the authentic track. Right. Or it's, it's not going to uh, serve me, and then I won't be able to serve the people around me. So there's just some kind of like radical self-acceptance. So, so, so a lot of this has to do with you, yes? Sure, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, but we, we this is, I keep like going over this point, and I'm sorry to be like commandeering, but... When I went back to Chicago, I tried to work for the senior people in that horrible organization. I'm sorry, nothing personal. And um, <laughs> I didn't, you know, it just wasn't happening. I wasn't connecting with people here in Chicago. It was amazing. Because now at that time, I'm divorced. I think I'm 46, 47. Right. I don't have kids. I come back to Chicago. All my friends from high school, married, kids, my family, married, kids, suburbs. So I'm real still like a fish out of water. And now no singing voice. No New York, not my regular friends. I really kind of re-spin out, go to California. I'm like, I need to, I need to regroup. Yeah. I need to figure something out. I got to bust free of whatever this is. And so I'm like, well. I Do you feel lonely when you're here? I mean, before you go to yeah. California, yeah? Because I'm picturing like, okay, yeah. so everyone's it's like, so, in our yeah. 40s, like the, the archetype is like we're raising families, Yeah, right? it yeah, was yeah. just so bizarre, you know? And I, I mean, but I didn't have the confidence enough to accept mm. At that time, that you know, whatever that's ten years ago, nine years ago. Yeah. Now I accept when I'm in a group of people and everybody's doing X, Y, and Z, and I'm not. There's still definitely some isolation as a result, but it's not the same of me crumbling at the um, at some comparison. I can't describe it. It's better. It's not perfect. Yep, yep. But it's definitely a lot better. Yeah. So I went to California and I was like, shit, I'm just gonna try to. I could sing like a little bit, like I had a little bit of a low voice. I'm like, I'm gonna try to sing for some of these people at assisted living. So I'm just gonna go. Just would walk indoors. Will you let me sing? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, so one place said, sure, they had just opened up. This is in Newport. And so I go, and I sing at the assisted living. It's decent. I'm saying, I'm not like, you know, you're a grand old flag. No, it's not that bad, but it's not, you know, it's not what I used to have. And then, but these people say to me, within a month, hey, will you go sing over our Alzheimer's uh, wing right across the way? And I said, sure. I've never done it before. I didn't know who these people were, what to expect. I was kind of nervous, you know. You were? So, yeah. Because After being be, on these maiden sta big no, stages so in New York. So different. This, these are people looking right in your eyes. You're on stage, man, which I never do. The people go in the dark. I hate this thing. And you're in the spotlight. It is such a disconnect. You can't see people. Anytime even I perform now. That's the now, beauty of it, isn't right. it? <laughs> no. That's what I can't. But some people love it. You're going right, to see right. like a Streisand, a Celine Dion. They love the bright light in their face and just a stadium full of people. Right. Never. My ideal thing is a room where you're both in the same lighting. And I have cabaret tables, and there's about 100 people. You want eye contact. You want, I you just want, want intimacy contact. with the audience. Yeah. Connection. Of course. 
So that's why when you have six people with Alzheimer's, you know, sitting in front of you, rarely standing, and that <laughs> first time, um, you know, I'm like, what's going to happen? I really, like I said, start out really quietly, you know, I'm like, all of me, why not take all of me, you know, and I kind of see, uh, 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 okay, people all right. You know, so the next one maybe get a little better. Forget your troubles, come on, get happy. You're gonna take now. People are starting to sit up. Ba ba da ba. I see da 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 ba ba. Yeah, I see the little light go on yeah, in their yeah. eyes. And now I'm like, all right, you know what I mean? I'm like, come on, baby, why don't we paint the town and all that jazz? They love that one. And they so know that one. They huh? know. Believe me, you'd be shocked the things they know. You're gonna expect the old old things, right? But they know, and then they start. And I literally can see the light going on in their eyes. And I can literally see them begin to move. I can see the, you know, this, this breath come back inside of them. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the shit. Yeah. Like, this is it. That kind of connection I feel with them. I don't know these people. But when I start singing and we look in each other's eyes, we know each other. I saw this video of you and you were, it's recent, right? You're, mm -hmm. you're, oh, all this stuff you, is, yeah. you know what I'm talking about? And you're, and you're singing, and there's a man oh. who looks like he's getting up to leave, maybe, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, And And he, you get him to dance with you, right? Right. It's funny because I don't even get him to dance. What's happening is I'm singing, he starts to get up. It does look like he's going to leave, but he's actually just getting up to dance. Oh, that's right. He's dancing. Right. And right. I say to him, I was going to come and ask you because he starts doing it already before I'm even over there. This is how, like, jacked up he, that's the first time I met that guy. That's how excited he was. And then that thing was led by him. Are you told, I'm a terrible dancer. So everything you see in that video, whatever, with the moving back and forth, all the dance moves, he wanted to sit down several times because he was getting tired, uh -huh. which I didn't realize until the end. I remained connected to that man by singing for him in those places for three years. And when I left, it was he. It was super hard to say goodbye to him. And we were really convinced, like, in another life, we would have been married. Yeah, you, that that's that's what um, that's one thing I wanted to make sure I asked you about because you're very clear in your comments about that that you and he had a real connection and I and I was like praying like oh man I hope that's not you're not patronizing in any way and you're not I could no, tell no, you no, weren't no, no, but no, you no. felt like a real connection to him oh, and yeah. a real crush on him oh yeah and life. vice versa oh yeah 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 it was yeah. huge and then every time I would sing if I was in the place where he lived every single time. He would up and dance, but I never knew to which song. But we kind of got to know each other well enough, and I knew which kind of grooves he liked. For some reason, he liked kind of like a 70s groove a lot of the time. He loved like singing to the way we were, Memories, which is crazy that Alzheimer's people love that song. Don't get me started. Wow. Don't get me started. They do. Man. But he loves that. If you remember this, he's like, ding, chicka, ding, chicka. He, loved, he was super sexy. I'm not kidding. And he would start getting up and kind of doing his thing, and then we would just take off. And that's the first little dance we did together. That thing got so progressive and intricate and I would just allow myself I would just take a breath and go okay here comes her you know this is starting and just <laughs> let go not try to shape manipulate control anything that was going on and people would come and watch and people would come in doorways and people would, you know and it was, it was a big thing. It was probably, and, and I pictured like, oh, what a great gift this is to Herb, to this man. But you're saying no, not just to Herb. This yes, is about, of course, the, of course. But yeah, right. That's he the got, thing he got that a lot. I'm, right, right. But this was a big thing for you, right? right? The, um, the connection piece, right? The connection piece. So the, the so the story, you know, finishes as we I've kind of told it in pieces. But the more I sang for the people with Alzheimer's, the more jobs I got singing for people with Alzheimer's the more my voice came back, came back, came back, until it came back 
bigger and better than it ever has been. So like right. Crazy. So what I'm hearing today is not that, that's a voice, man. Like oh yeah, no, it's amazing. Now now it's insane, but that's through the process of singing for those people. Interpret that for me. Why would that happen? Uh, because I think it unlocked something in me, a connection. It unlocked something where something genuine was happening, where I dropped whatever kind of guard or fear, anxiety, tension, mm -hmm. crap that I've been holding onto around my voice. Maybe my vocal problems were all completely emotional. Maybe they were half physical, half emotional. Who friggin' knows? But I do know that once that source came in and I found that place in myself again, I was able to open it slowly, open it back up. Could that have happened earlier? So, so 20 years ago, nearly. Yeah. No. Why? Because of probably the evolution of the last nine years of my life. A ton of, once leaving New York, a ton of time alone, which I had never done, which was necessary and good. Mm -hmm. uh, a, you a, seem pretty extroverted. That can't be easy. <laughs> right. It was challenging. Yeah. It was very bizarre to me at first, what was necessary I, for me. Um, not that I didn't have relationships one or two in the last nine years, but certainly not the focus. Right. That was always my big focus was one guy, serious relationship, serious, next, 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 dovetail, dovetail. I stopped that pattern. I stopped the pattern around always having to be with people. I just I learned how to be with myself. And at first it was terrifying. Yeah, it sucked. I don't, you know what I don't hear that I expected to hear is some kind of bitterness, like some kind of like, man, I was I was this close to hitting it huge, and damn it, you know, I, like no, the the only bitterness you're now you're not gonna hear bitterness from me at all regarding that stuff. No, no, and no. Um, when I was there only to promote myself as a performer, as a singer, even as a comedian, it did not interest me that much. I have to be honest. It was very. I had agents and managers, etc. But just promoting myself for myself, but this, 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 promoting, trying, what my goal is, mm -hmm. is to get a nonprofit started where I can get music to anyone, anywhere with Alzheimer's for free. Because what happens is a majority of these places can only afford it every now and then. A lot of them can't afford it at all. Sure. There is no treatment. Not only is there no cure for Alzheimer's, there's no treatment. Music is proven through researches, documents, uh, documentaries, et cetera. It's the one thing that actually is a treatment that eases their pain. Mm. And intuitively, so, somehow, that, that just resonates, right? I mean, right. research helps, but it's something you right. kind of know, right? Right, like and just you to, see it. Yeah, right. right. And I mean, so I encourage it's like, people how to could you deny? How could you deny the Alzheimer's people the one thing that we know actually has a positive effect. And most people are like, we can't afford it. It's not in our budget. I'm like, but the things that are in your, mm. so it's been, it's been right. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and I, the Alzheimer's organization is great. They are mainly focused on the cure. Fantastic. They're right. not even close to it. No. But my thing is, I know, so my logo, you know, it's a, my thing is called music for all. It's ALZ. So it's free music for all with Alzheimer's, yep. but it's a, you know, fight for the cure, sing for the care. I'm in present tense. I'm in care. I'm in with people that have Alzheimer's now, uh, and there's millions and millions of them. They are not going to get the benefit of the cure, unfortunately. Right. So how can we address this? Right. Sometimes I think the cure is addressing the fears and anxieties of people that are in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. How can I not get this? And this is driving the market to get the cure. My concern is, like, what are the people that are on the ground right now? Yep that have this, and their caregivers, and their family members. Because when I go sing, it's a party for everybody. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah. 
oh, I, I'm there to entertain the Alzheimer's people, connect with them, but I'm also there to give the caregivers a laugh or a break, to have family members be able to see their loved one, spouse, equivalent, wake up, even momentarily. Yeah, you used the word awakening a little yeah. while ago. Yeah. Like, you know, and I'm yeah. picturing the, the, the movie, right? Love it. Uh, yeah. The Oliver, yep. Oliver Sacks yep. thing. Um, do you. Uh, is that what you see? Like, what mm-hmm. do you, what do you think happens in the mind of your audience, in the minds of your audience when you're singing? You right, know, like, something gets tapped into. There? Right, something gets tapped into, and for some reason it resonates. I guess, and and uh, uh, clinically, the the part of your brain that that holds on to music or that that is uh, you know en- enlightened by music is one of the last things to go. Right, so this must be of all the things that they're kind of run through on a daily basis, this must feel very different. Right, right. Right? You know, they're like, here's some, you know, shitty vodka, shitty vodka, shitty vodka, here's a glass of Wolf Blico. And they're like, real! I don't know how to, that was a horrible example. I don't but, mind you know it. what I mean? Like, just like something, and then it must be so, that it really, you know, it takes them aback, but it, it brings them up. And then yeah. once they're there, once they're there through the music, like I said, the music's the conduit. You know, it's just the thing that gets them there, and then they start engaging with it then all kinds of things start firing. And so you'll see a person that wasn't able to kind of put a sentence together right when I first get there. After the song's over, they can talk to me. Oh, yeah, I know, Colette. When I was down in Chicago, I love Chicago. There's a resale shop there. That will go on. Wow, no it's kidding. insane. So and you then, feel like it triggers, right, it and brings that's not, stuff back. It's temporary, right? Yep, yep. It's temporary, but it happens. And it's a moment of joy. Right, and then people, the family members that their loved one hasn't recognized them whatever amount of time, I can finish singing, and then some of you go like, oh, remember that was our favorite song. Mm. So, you know, my thing is how can I not do this? Initially I was like, I can do this, this can be my job. But it can't be my job. Because? Because nobody can pay for it. And then it makes, so I can't say I'm not gonna do this because nobody can pay for it, I'm gonna find a way to get this to them for no money. I'm going at it all different kinds of ways right now, but I'll get there sooner or later, I will get there. You described your grandmothers a minute ago, and you said they're really cool. They never really were old in the way that we picture right. them being old. And you're, I can see in your face that they, you, you feel them now, yeah? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, did they have Alzheimer's? What's the connection nope. to all? Why Zero. this? Why this disease? I am of telling all you. I am telling you because of exactly what happened. I was like, uh, I want to work with old people. Uh, here is assisted living. Then somebody says, well, try Alzheimer's. And that thing that happened, that connection that happened, and my mm. voice coming back, how can it be like, oh, I'm just nothing? Right, right, right. That's why. Right. This is, here's my thing. They gave me my voice back, oh right? Oh, my God. And so I will continue to give it back to them. And I mean, for free is my goal. For free, for free, for free. And then one day, this is good marketing for The Voice on, on NBC, I was at a place, <laughs> and it's really because how could they even know this? In a place called Silverado, they have a chain of memory cares. They're great. Okay. And I was in San Juan Capistrano when I lived in California, and I singing, singing, singing. This one woman, she was always very vocal with me, and she was down a couple rows of chairs. She goes, she's like, Colette, we want you to go on The Voice. And I was like, wow, how do you even know what The Voice is? It's amazing. <laughs> wow. And I thought, yep. So you know, so just like. These will be ongoing things. I will do whatever they tell me to do. I will bring them my music. I will I will do stuff where, you know, it's funny, like, there's all these fundraisers and things for people with Alzheimer's, but the Alzheimer's people aren't invited. No, that's all, true, right. It's crazy. I bet it does. It really does, because I can, like, have, I want to do free concerts during the day. Bring your family. If you're well enough to come out, I'll come to you. Because of this wireless speaker, I can sing anywhere. 
It's 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 tracked connected to my phone. I will just pop up and sing anywhere. The minute the minute Colette walked into this room, she pulled out this wireless speaker. Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> I, I know is is an appendage, right? You have this with you all the time. I do, I do, because there may be any place that I end up popping up and singing, wow. for anyone. Is it ever um, hard for you? Like I'm picturing, like okay, so I'm the singer. I'm singing for this audience that has given me my, the gift of my voice back, and they say, "Oh, uh, sing in the mood next time." Right. And you come next time, and they don't remember. Right. Of course. What's that like? Who cares? Ha! Who cares? Why would I care? Oh my God. God no matter what. I mean, really, honestly, there's all kinds of stuff. You know, sometimes if I sing an Elvis Presley song, it's like, you know, I'm praying to the devil. I mean, it's just way too current for them. <laughs> you know, I'm like, one full of the money. They're like, what? <laughs> you know, it's just like, yeah, dude, people yell out during my stuff. I mean, there's a lot of crazy. This is not, this is the other reason people that ran the places really liked me. Because people come out to you, they'll start, you know, an Irish lady. The first time I did it, what are you doing over there? I'm going to cough to come. You're going to be arrested if you keep singing. Shut up! I was like, all right, well, I, I like it. It's not my favorite response, but you know, I touched a nerve there. There's fire there, man. Yeah, I mean, I swear they are very. They can be very raucous, and um, and I enjoy that, you know. But most, a lot of performers, again, in those situations, are still like, you know, trying to do a fourth wall. I'm like, dude, that's not happening. Well, that's this is all picture. of us together. So part of this is you, right? I mean, because I, we could pick a lot of, of singers to go in and Correct. sing on one of these units, and, and you're not going to see much in the way of right. connection, right? So right. there's something you, you're... You're going for that. Sure, you but you want that, right? But as I move forward and try to do this nonprofit, I would train people to do that. It's not that difficult. I would train people on how to make that leap and actually connect to people, what to look for. I have enough experience right now to. There are a lot of performers like me that are not afraid to connect, and I think they will be willing to do this. Um, and that could be trained. It would not be that difficult. But yes, most people will just go stand in a room and sing straight ahead. And that really is not going to do anything for those people. Quite frankly, it does nothing for me in particular right. in general. Right. But a lot of people like it. Do you ever think back like to the first time when you thought, I want to sing for old people and think like, what was that about? Like, why did I want to sing for old people? Because I'm going to be an old person one day because of my grandmother's what? I guess people say that to me a lot uh, because I, be how about this also? I have sung for so many different audiences yeah. and, and when you're singing for the aging population, Alzheimer's or not, their gratitude for good entertainment. Like, they get a lot of horrible people to come in. <laughs> you know, every now and then I'll peek in, like, the, you know, some act I've never seen. You know, it's like a man and a wife, you know. If a picture paints a thousand words, whatever it is, it's, like, <laughs> terrible. And so, you know, they, first of all, they're so grateful for it. And, I again, same thing I was saying before. If you make it through... 70, 80, 90 years of life, you are the people that deserve the best entertainment. You do. The kids, love you kids, have a great time, go drop go your, your molly. Mala. Exactly, yeah. drop, drop your, your molly. molly and you know, go watch whatever, a tree grow or something. It doesn't matter, put sequins on your face and be a unicorn. <laughs> but you know, I'm like, this is fine and they'll, they'll be great. But for me, it's like those people, you know, you've lived your whole life, you deserve the top, top quality entertainment, yeah, yeah, not yeah. some crap. Wow. Can you imagine? You're just sitting there. You're like, okay, I've lived my whole life. Where's my rewards? Right? Because the end of life becomes a bunch of beatdowns. You're like, how did this happen? Well, I do think about that, like, in our culture. Like, you know, how we treat older people is is madness, right? Um, you know, um, Because I, I love the idea of 
of not getting old, just aging. You know right, what I mean? Like right. you've used the word aging a couple sure, times. I've sure. used the word old, and I like right, aging right, right. because right. I don't think I don't think you have to get old. I think you you know what it's I mean. And, like, and, I, and watching your herb, I'm thinking like, right. well, that guy's got some years behind him, and he deserves the music. That dude's right. not old, right? Correct. He, might, he wants Correct. to dance for Correct. God's sake. Correct. So I talk about anxiety all the time. I'm right. a therapist. Um, you're treating anxiety, right? Because these sure. people aren't just suffering from, from Alzheimer's, right. right? This is a frightening right. thing to suffer right. from. Isolation, depression, confusion, um, just a constant state of anxiety and fear, not remembering things. But, you know, it depends on what, what gradation they're at and what level of the disease they're at. But, you know, every now and then, some, some of them are lucid enough to know, um, I can't remember this, right? Yeah, some of them yeah. are so far gone, they just don't. Right. But that amount of anxiety uh, that goes on from people when they first start, when at first the, the people that are early at these residences, it's so terrifying. And then their families leave them there. Yep. Yep. And so, so nothing's even familiar, correct. even if they can and grab it. And then their familiar. visuals, when they look around, are just other people with their disease in varying stages of that disease. So you may be new and just like kind of not told, but then you see what's coming down the road. Oh, so you imagine that, right? Terrifying. So when I come in, so when I come in, and I always wear gowns that I got at the thrift store. I don't know if oh, you've yeah. seen. I get all these thrift store gowns. Yeah, uh, and 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 if they're thrift store gowns, they're good. They're fancy. I'm very right? good. You I'm are very like good. Yes. decked out. I'm decked out. You... Yes, I'm all very. They because again, if you're in an Alzheimer's place, their visuals on a daily basis. You kind of see what they're looking at each other. They're looking right? at this place. They're looking at not it's a lot clinical, of color. Yeah. It's so grim. if I come in. And I'm in color, and they love rhinestones. Who doesn't? Like, and they see, and I mean to, that I really took time getting ready to come perform for them. I didn't just roll out of my car, you know, slap on some deodorant, and go, give a picture. I don't know why that's my song. <laughs> no, that seems appropriate, though, right? That kind of like, you know, we're going to sing to where you are. Exactly. We're going to be just as grim and morbid exactly. as this place, right? Exactly. We're going to match the walls. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So when I come in, and also, yes, yeah, sometimes, you're right, sometimes the beginning energy in those rooms, it is like me trying to, find, you know, get the albatross around and just like, but that challenge also is absolutely thrilling. Are you able to tap like some of the comedy stuff, like you know, like a bad 100%. room where it's like you know this audience sucks? I mean, I'm not. Ex- I mean, not exactly <laughs> to that point. But, like, but it was funny one time I was singing some song and uh, I think I was singing Big Spender or something, uh-huh. and I was like, when I walked in the joint, but I could tell. And maybe it was a little sexy for this man or whatever. But he just decidedly did not like it, and he was like. <sighs> Man, he was like right in the front. He just like just got his walker, and he was like, "I'm leaving." And I'm like, "All right, you know." But then he was on a walker, so it took him the whole song <laughs> to exit. It's like a really that's a tough walkout. Like in stand-up comedy, you know, people walk out and stuff. But that was like went on. I was like, "There he goes." The five-minute right. storm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I can't. You cannot heckle back a person that's going back to their. It's not good. Right. You know what I mean? But I was like, "Oh my god, yeah, yeah." Um, people, yeah. So 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 you're treating anxiety yep. what does it do for yours like you completely mentioned- that's what i said it completely absolutely is the salve for my anxiety because my anxiety for me in my life is a lack of connection and so and most importantly connection to self and then that connection being validated or um maybe sort of enlivened by connecting truly connecting yeah, yeah to yeah. other humans right and so this is interesting um <laughs> No, because this is just kind of coming over me. Yeah, let's hear it. Because when I'm with those guys and there's a genuine connection, 
um, even though I don't know them, that I can see this thing happen and that there's no surface, right? In a way, it's very childlike. In a way, it's very um, spiritual. Yeah. But in a way, it's cer certainly that our bodies are not a part of this equation, right? And nor is like, they don't know anything about me. I don't know anything about them, right? right. It's this very pure thing. Versus sometimes when I am in gatherings with people that I do know, this is a kind of a current thing, where I can't feel connected to them because there is this thing going on. There is this certain front that a lot of us put up, right? Uh, this certain facade, this persona, this thing. And I have one, too, clearly. Uh, we but, all do, right? right? I mean, yeah. Sure, but when I cannot connect to the people I've known for 40 years because there is this thing dropped in front of them, this refusal to allow me to see them as they are, Yeah. that makes me feel really disconnected. That gives me anxiety. It does, but with the uh, with the people, the Alzheimer's people, or really a lot of just old people, but the Alzheimer's people, there is zero anxiety when I go there. The truth is, I look forward to it because I know that I will, my anxiety will completely lessen, as will theirs, and not even just my anxiety lessen, but you know my my fulfillment rise, right, and right, my right. sense of peace and well being. Another anxiety producer for me is not having purpose, right? And yeah. when I didn't have purpose, when I lost purpose. That creates anxiety. And because I'm not married and I don't have kids, which gives a lot of people their purpose, understandably, you know, I was always like, I, I got to have a fucking purpose in the middle of this um, because that's the only way this is going to make sense to me. Yep. And feel, and feel you know, and feel stable. Um, so that's where your intensity and your passion for Right. It's like, I that. need this purpose. Yeah. I need this purpose. You need it. Yeah. I need yeah. the purpose. It's not and when just I've, about the fact that they need it. Yep. Yeah. And that's like I said, it is, and also what I love about the relationship with the people with Alzheimer's, the reciprocity is almost, you know, almost perfection, right? The what they're giving and I'm giving and the exchange is almost at a completely even rate. It's ridiculous. Do you think that the people who know you or people who've known you for a long time <clears throat> will listen to this and be surprised? You know, or do you feel like, no, people know this about me. No, people know. I, yeah, I think people are genuinely surprised. Sure, I think that, you know, <laughs> I've been a lot of different kinds of people in my life. <laughs> you know, I, certainly I've been a lot of different kinds of people, and some of them, and some of my versions of myself have been pretty jerky and uh, pretty self-centered. And uh, certainly it's not, you know, I don't think until the last probably 10 years have I really thought about, wow, I'd like to do something that's of service to other people. It's, a, it's funny that you mention that because that part of the dissonance I'm experiencing is like when I think of just performers that I've known. I, t I took some classes at Second City. Sure, I was sure. in the back of a play when but you were starring. In, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I had a line, I'm sure. Um, but, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. I just drooled on myself. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's probably some shot in some yearbook <laughs> exactly. of, You're of way in the Colette back. in the spotlight <laughs> and me in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> if there is, I'm going to dig that out. That'll be on <laughs> Instagram you. or something. Appreciate but, it. Um, oh my god! Um, but I think, like you know, that spotlight, wanting to. It, it, this is about me. This yeah. is my moment. Mm. You know, yeah. and there's this like a uh, this egocentric self-centeredness about it. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm not feeling that. Right. Would I have felt it if I were if we were sitting here ten years ago? Fifteen. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Right. And that's why I said that part of. That part of like self-promotion to me is exhausting when it's just about you. 
It's so gross. I can't, and again, some people are really good at it. Yeah. And I found people that are really, a lot of people that, that are quote unquote successful are just really that they are relentless. Yeah, yeah. It is the quality of being relentless versus the quality of your product yourself. The relentless quality and the, the ability to engage in talking about yourself and promoting yourself over and over and over and over and over is often what gets a lot of mediocre places, a lot of very fair places, uh, yeah. people a lot of far places. Yeah. But now, when I, if I want to talk about what my passion is now, I'm in the story, but not like that. Right. It's about these are the people that I'm doing this for. Sure, I get something back from this. Don't you get me wrong. But I'm doing something to get over there to them so that they can get this thing that we have together for free. And I'm going to teach other people how to do it. And this is what we're doing. And I'll talk to you forever about it. Why does it feel like you know something the rest of us are missing? I mean, I'm not kidding. Like, you know, like it, it feels like there's some kind of like secret of, of life or of aging gracefully or something woven in here that the rest of us, we're chasing something and you don't feel right now like you're chasing the same thing. You feel... That's you, good. I'm glad to hear you've that. You've got this juice, you've got this energy, but it all feels like it's directed toward the service of something bigger and the rest of us, I think, are still trying to, like, you know, do our thing. Right. Well, you know? I think that if that's, a, if that's a byproduct of something I'm doing, if, you know, if I am seen to be doing something or I seem to be in a place where you're like, what's going on over there? If that draws in people, you know, in my age group yeah. or younger to say, what, what is that? Right. That, that's just an amazing byproduct. That's fantastic. Actually, I had a really great story. <laughs> this is funny. At our 30-year reunion, um, First of all, in high school, not you know, it was the seventies, right? But right, and so, um, and yeah, I was a cheerleader, and there was uh, this guy, and he won't mind me saying his name. His name is uh, Steve Letner. And at that time, remember in high school, we didn't really talk about people being gay or not gay. It wasn't not even in the, at it's all. not a peep. Right. Not, we didn't even make guesses about people being gay or not gay. Honestly, it wasn't even talked about. This is something I was thinking about recently. Like there was a, there were a couple of kids in in my grade. Sure, uh, sure. Who were. Absolutely gay. Never crossed my mind. Right. I mean, you exactly. Know, like, yeah. Until exactly. decades later, I find out, you know, like, right, right. Oh, Ted's right, gay. I had sense. no idea. Yeah, exactly. I never thought about that. But so this guy, so Steve Letner, and again, we didn't think it was even a gay way, but he wanted to try out for cheerleading because, like, you know, colleges and stuff, they have male cheerleaders. Yeah. This is what we're thinking. He wants to try out for cheerleading, and they allowed him, which is, was great, Maine South. Okay, so they let him. I don't know if they thought it was a joke, but let me tell you something. He got made fun of relentlessly by guys, by girls, by this, but he still fucking did it. And he went in there. Obviously, he didn't make the squad. So now that's in the 70s. Now, years later, it's our 30 reunion. I find I see he's coming. He lives now. Uh, he's out. He's gay. He's married to this guy, and he's a hairdresser. Couldn't be better. You know, it's like Excellent. beautiful. Love it. Great narrative. So, uh, so anyways, <laughs> I'm like, okay. So he's coming to town. I go, hey, here's what I want to do. I said, and actually, Dog and I were doing music and stuff. Dog Dylan, and uh, so, so I was like, here's what I do. At some point, I want Dog and the band to play our pep song, you know, from high school. But I'm going to teach you the cheerleaders, the routine, oh and God. I'm going to bring you one of my chevrons, <laughs> and I'm gonna, we are going to award you for real, like honorary cheerleader wow. or whatever. And we fucking did it. It was so good. He and his husband came to my house, my mom's backyard to practice. We're like, oh, the hail to you. He practiced the day before. So good. I have pictures. And then, so he comes up. We do that. Because I just said at that thing, I was like, you know, this guy did this in the 70s. I want to give this to Steve Letner. I can't believe you. You're an honorary cheerleader. Come on up. Let's do the pep song. So fucking great. Now, the reason I'm telling you this, so now, years later, he's we're friends on Facebook, and all of a sudden, I see him post the other day, and he tags me in the post. He says, hey, thank you, Colette Hawley, for inspiring me with your work with old people. I now go to this 
either assisted living or Alzheimer's places once a week, and I'd go do their hair. Oh my God. I was dying. I was seriously crying. And I'm like, this, okay, perfect. I'm not even up people's asses yet to do something. I'm just doing it and hoping that there might be some draw. But that was like, oh, that blew my mind. I'm like, this is something else I can do. There's so many things going on. I just, I sort of need a wrangler. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, like, you got you got energy, and and that's right, but what I gotta this, watch that's what this it. whole project yeah. needs, right? Sure, sure. Right, it's and probably hard to focus on. Like, okay, so they I'm need doing a, lot. a million things. Who right? would have thought of a hairdresser? Right, and yet, exactly. what a fabulous so good. freaking idea! And he's right? got a great personality. He goes in there, they have a ball, they get their hair done, they feel fantastic, and he leaves, and he feels fucking great. Right, and, and it wouldn't have happened if you didn't right. if he you weren't thoughtful about the Chevron, right? Right, like, exactly. Hey, Steve deserves this, man. He, he got he got gypped in the seventies. I'm telling you. Oh God, the pep song was so good. Oh, it was so good. Um, it was really good. So, with with very little time left, is sure. there anything that you want to say that we're missing? Is there anything important about your message in this whole scheme of things that you, you feel like, eh, Duffy hasn't even asked me that. I'm gonna I'm gonna just say it. Oh uh, no, no, no. I I, I would. You know, there's a million things I want to say now. I could talk about it, you know, for for hours on end, which is thrilling. But I I am frustrated. I don't know if you saw my Facebook post where I had the meltdown in the car. I did. Yes. No, that was fascinating. You as a therapist, you be really because I made a choice. I, we're all glossy on Facebook, right? It is fantasy book, FB, fantasy book. Absolutely. We all show, we do this, we do that, we do that. Even myself with the old people, there is some self-glorification in there, undeniably. I want to show you what's going on here, but look at me, too. Yeah. All this bullshit. Yeah, right. Right? Here's me out with my friend. And, ha, ha. Um, yeah. What if I elected to show a moment that was real, that was just a moment of anxiety, fear, frustration? It wasn't the end of the world. I wasn't jumping off a cliff. It was just me frustrated, having done yet another thing, the trying to get to this Alzheimer's free music idea that was the wrong direction. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And I'm the f- 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 uh, dropping my microphone on my foot. <laughs> and I just had a hip replacement, by the way, six weeks ago, so I'm in a lot of pain. Whatever, I'm doing great. All right, so, but, but this is me getting great, in yes. the car. But I got in the car and I had that moment, like, God, you know, and just experienced the world with everybody with their iPods in. This is stuff you've talked about, phones in their faces. Oh, man. It all built up to this Mount Vesuvius, right? And I just, like, I turned the camera on myself. And then I watched. I was like, oh, my God, no, I'm not going to show this to anybody. And then I showed it to a good friend of mine in California. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's make this experiment. Let me just turn this on. And so I let that out there. And Pete, the response was amazing because so many people watched it but so few people said a peep wow why do you think that is terrified didn't know what to say right right, right. we're not trained how to respond to that we will watch reality tv we'll watch movies and films violence crying hysteria go people going mental we'll cry ourselves but show one real moment and people are like well what are you supposed to do yeah well, everyone's like, well, what's Bob going to say? What's Susie saying? What does everyone say about that? What do you say? What do you say? You know. And then my mom's overseas, and the hysteria of the family starts going, did you see Colette Ave? She's li- literally like in, you know, Montenegro. And she's going to call me. She never calls me. I'm like, oh, my God. Anyways, my point wow. is this. <clears throat> my point is this. The seed of that thing is my current frustration is so many people that I approach, even to do free shows, Anywhere I go, I will do one free show for anybody. I'll come to, I don't care where you are, I'll do a free show. I prefer to do it for people with Alzheimer's, but <laughs> I'll do a free show. I'll do a free show. I'll do a free show. Even to get in a door to do a free show, people won't let me in. 
there's there's chains like Sunrise. I've approached them. I've been on their doorstep, emailed, free things, flyers, balloons, this and that to do a free show. I want to come and do a free show. And the answer is no? No. Wow. No response. Answer no. Videos, no. Then they finally set up a date. I went, oh, we forgot about it. Psh, out the door. And that's what I sang for people sitting out in front on the benches. But Man. this is my frustration. It's like, come on. What is this? Right. How do I get he from here to there? And it's so intuitive, right? You, you know, yes. like, this is going to help. Why but would they you don't not know, let but me they in? Don't believe I'm, they don't believe I do anything different than anybody else, and that's not their fault. Right, right, right. Right? They think I'm the picture. Okay, that's the third time I'm doing it. But they think, <laughs> but they think I'm that person. I, I, don't, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to. The answer is, for me now, yeah. is I am pursuing a mentor, like a for real mentor, because I got 80,000 great ideas and it's all focused towards Alzheimer's, music, free. Just need someone to focus and to get me in the doors and to help me out because I know that I'm going the right direction. I just don't know how I'm going to totally get there. It doesn't matter. Well, I know you clearly I'll get there. are. And, and, and your vibe, your vibe is unreal, Colette. Like, you, you know, you, you are um, wildly inspiring. Dude, that's I'm, great. I'm, but this is because of I'm talking about this. You're talking about it. something else. Well, I'm we're not talking about other things. Right, right, right. <laughs> right, right. So, all right, so let's say that person, that mentor, or somebody who can help is listening. How, how do they find sure. you? What do they do? Right. Oh, well, then you go on, you can just find me on Facebook, um, Colette Holly, and then my Facebook page. I don't know what the little thing is, but we'll maybe post it. But it's it's free music for all with Alzheimer's, but I think it's called free for alls. I don't know what the little hashtag thing is. Oh, we'll for I'm sure so post bad. it. We'll figure it out. But yeah, just go find me on Facebook or free music for all with Alzheimer's on Facebook. And um, also, it's, it's I like this. If Somebody would, this is the beginning of allowing me some publicity, right? Go. Then if somebody allows me to be a feature on a local TV show to say, this is what this girl's doing, here's her GoFundMe to get it started. If you just give me some notoriety and you're going to go featured on WGN News, then I go to these places with featured on WGN News and the story starts to change. Ooh. Then I try to get in the Alzheimer's place. Then I try to get in this place. She was on the news. She was on, she was on TV. This means something to me. Unfortunately, that is the currency that we deal with in this world, and I'm accepting of that. So if somebody from the outside goes, she's validated at this. She was, uh, you know, she was, she was a contestant on The Voice. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. Got it. I need a name attached to me that people recognize in the currency of our pop culture and media that will allow me to get through the door. Because once I get through the door, I have 100% rate of being asked back. 100, 100, 100. Ah, okay. So, so if you have thoughts about how Colette might be able to achieve this dream, continue to, to do that, write me. Uh, John G. Duffy at drjohnduffy.com. Awesome. I will pass that right along to Colette. Colette, man, thank you yeah. so much for being here. Oh, my God, my pleasure. So, so fun. fun. So fun. Um, I loved and, it. And, I loved it. And, uh, and I'm sorry I didn't see you in the back row of and, Guys and Dolls or South Pacific, uh, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, whatever. You were busy with the starring <laughs> and all. Um, that's Colette Hawley, H-A-W-L-E-Y. L-E-Y. Okay, One so, L, two T. So uh, uh, find her on Facebook. I will put up links to all her stuff Great. so you can find her awesome. and reach her. Uh, this is the Undo Anxiety Podcast. I'm Dr. John Duffy. Um, reach out to me, uh, John G. Duffy at drjohnduffy.com. If you have any thoughts for Colette, you can find us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, WGN+. Um, as always, I appreciate your time. On behalf of Colette and myself, have a great day. I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye.